1: Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Had a great event on Saturday. And uh, look forward to his update on what's happening with education in Florida. Bob Rommel is our state representative. Look forward to have Bob on the show and find out how the Legislative session is going. Seat Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Always appreciate his commentary on what's happening here locally. It is April the 22nd, and on this day in 1889, at precisely high noon, thousands of would-be settlers made a mad dash into the newly opened Oklahoma Territory to claim cheap land. The nearly 2 million acres of land opened To white uh, settlement uh, was located in Indian Territory, a large area that once encompassed much of uh, modern-day Oklahoma. Initially considered unsuitable for white colonization, Indian Territory was thought to be an ideal place to relocate Native Americans who were removed from their traditional lands to make uh, way for white settlement. Relocations began in 1817, and by 1880, uh, Indian Territory was a new home to a variety of tribes, including the uh, Chickasaw. Choctaw, Cherokee, Creek, Cheyenne, Comanche, and Apache. By the 1890s, improved agricultural and ranching techniques led some white Americans to realize that the Indian Territory could be a valuable uh, location, and they pressed the U.S. government to allow white settlement in the region. In 1889, President Benjamin Harrison agreed, uh, making the first of a long series of authorizations that eventually removed most of Indian territory from the Indian control. To begin the process of White Settlement, Harrison chose to open a 1.9 million acre section of Indian Territory. Now, Oklahoma is uh, 44 million acres, just to give you a perspective. The government had never assigned to any specific tribe. However, subsequent, subsequent openings of sections that were designated to specific tribes were achieved primarily through the Dawes Severalty Act, which allowed Whites to settle large swaths of land that had previously been designated to Pacific Indian tribes. On March the 3rd, 1889, Harrison announced the government would open the 1.9 million acre tract of Indian territory to settlement uh, precisely at noon uh, on April the 22nd. Anyone could join the race for the land, but no one was supposed to jump the gun. With only seven weeks to prepare, land-hungry Americans quickly began to gather around the borders of the irregular rectangle of territory, referred to as boomers by the appointed day, more than 50,000 hopefuls were living in tent cities, all on four sides of the territory. The event that day at Fort Riddle on the western border was typical. At 11.50 a.m., soldiers called for everyone to form a line, and when the hands of the clock reached noon, the cannon of the fort boomed, and soldiers signaled the settlers to start. With a crack of hundreds of whips, thousands of boomers streamed into the territory in wagons on horseback and on foot. All told, from 50 to 60,000 settlers entered the uh, territory that day. By nightfall, they'd staked thousands of claims either on town lots or quarter-section farm plots. Uh, Towns like Norman, uh, Oklahoma City, Kingfisher, and Guthrie sprang up almost overnight. An extraordinary display of American settler lust for land. The first Oklahoma land rush was so plagued by greed and fraud, uh, cases involving Sooners, People who had entered the territory before the legal date and time overloaded courts for years to come. The government attempted to operate subsequent runs with more controls, eventually adopting a lottery system to designate claims. By 1905, white Americans owned most of the land in Indian Territory. Two years later, the area once known as Indian Territory entered the Union as part of the new state of Oklahoma. Interesting story. How Manifest Destiny in America, the landlust, leading to this rush for land in Oklahoma. Well, the Democrats have promised to only tax Americans with incomes above $400,000. But new research shows that almost two-thirds of those tax filers live in Democrat districts when they sock it to uh, uh, to their own voters. What's the matter with New Jersey? The income class profile of voters has completely flipped since the early 90s. As we've uh, noted before, Republicans used to carry about 80% of the wealthiest districts in the U.S. Now Democrats do. In fact, if we look at the wealthiest, 10% of wealthiest districts, especially the affluent suburbs, such as the North Shore of Chicago, Democrats represent 38 of those seats now, and Republicans have six. This is virtually a total reversal from 1993 when Democrats represented just 10 of the wealthiest districts. Democrats are now conclusively the party, this is the interesting thing here, the party of the rich and the very poor, the very rich and the very poor. That's the uh, party the Democrats lead. Republicans are now the party of the middle class, uh, and we just wish Pelosi and Biden would stop pretending how their agenda represents working-class Americans, don't we? It's amazing how things have flipped around. Well, Republican uh, Florida... Senator Rick Scott has published an absolutely scorching open letter to woke corporations warning them of the day of reckoning when Republicans take back power. <laughs> uh, MSNBC uh, puppets have re- uh, referred to the letter as creepy. Well, anyhow, uh, he starts off, Dear woke corporate America, I hope you're all having fun with your virtue signaling. I hope you're Enjoying trying to one up each other and showing how woke you can be, and all the while believing that you're more sophisticated, morally superior to the hard-working people of this country, the letter published he said. You must have loved the accolades from your elitist, left wing peers when you took the Major League Baseball All Star game from Georgia. What a fun day for you on Twitter. Congratulations, he said. A little sarcasm. Scott took aim at the corporations who uh, support Black Lives Matter rioting. And by the way, can you believe this woman who's Leading Black Lives Matter is buying up all these homes in California. Unbelievable. Well anyhow, they destroyed working people's jobs and hurt people who haven't worked since COVID nineteen, took a member of their family or destroyed their small business. You get texts from your elitist friends praising you for your courageous stand when you support mostly peaceful movements that loot small businesses, set fire to government buildings, and take the lives of innocent people, Scott said. The Republican Center noted that these uh, these woke nut jobs. Think they are morally superior to people in flyover country, but they are not, said Scott. You know that Georgia law actually expands early voting and does nothing to suppress or curtail the voting. Rights for anyone, he said. And yes, Georgia law requires an ID to vote. Well, so does Delta Airlines and so does Major League Baseball in order to pick up tickets, he wrote. It's not that you've twisted the truth. You have rejected the truth. or you do not care what is true, said Scott. He pointed out that they feed the rabble leftist mob that is shouting that America is racist, hoping they won't come for you. Scott did not hold back as he warned these corporations that a day of reckoning will be coming for them. Let me give you woke corporate leaders a heads up. Everybody can see the game you are playing. Everybody can see your lies. You are the naked emperor. You are, in fact, morally inferior to the working men and women of this great country who are not racist people and who, unlike you, care about the truth, he said. And here's another bit of news for you. This is a massive backlash that's coming. You'll rue the day when it hits you. That day is November the 8th, 2022. That's the day Republicans will take back the Senate and the House, and it will be a day of reckoning, said Senator Scott. The letter concluded by asserting that a good and great people are going to rise up and stand up for the truth. They're going to stand up for their principles. They're going to stand up for their country. Good for you, Governor Scott. I think that is absolutely terrific. That day of reckoning actually is starting already. We're beginning to see, uh, for example, the NBA is really suffering. Uh, The viewership is way down. Same thing with Major League Baseball. It's uh, unbelievable how these uh, corporations, woke corporations, are shooting themselves in the foot. Republican uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has week signed a bill adding sales tax to online purchases made by Floridians that could cost residents an estimated $1 billion a year. Now here's the interesting thing. We've always owed these taxes, but few few of us have ever paid them. The legislation, which was widely supported by business groups but opposed by Democrats, is one of five bills that DeSantis signed on Monday which is the deadline for him to either sign it, veto it, or allow the bill to become law without his signature. the interesting thing, the Democrats are fighting this. Aren't they the ones that want high taxes? Anyhow, uh, whatever DeSantis says, the Democrats are against it. Chief Executive of Florida Retail Federation Scott Shalley said in a statement to the News Service of Florida that the law establishes a level playing field for businesses notes that the funds gained from the tax will help restore the state's unemployment trust fund that was severely depleted during COVID-19 pandemic towards lowering the commercial rent tax. Through the passage of SB50, Governor DeSantis and legislative leaders have acknowledged the pivotal role that the retail industry plays in supporting Florida's families, he said. With uh, this measure signed into law, all businesses can compete on a level playing field and continue to support 2.7 million Floridians who work in the retail industry. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. He said for your leadership and for providing meaningful relief to Florida retail businesses. And this is so true. If you can buy something online for six percent less because you're not paying the sales tax, you're probably not going to consider going to the mall. Well, this really does level level the playing field for our retailers in the brick and mortar locations. So. Uh, and, and the, again, the point that I was made earlier is that we've always owed this tax. It was due to the state of Florida. Most people never paid it. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is B's Diner, providing great service Fabulous food and a rockin' good time, Bee's diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly staff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Bee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Bee's diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed, check out the website at lulubee's.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
0: to the Bob Harden Show, and now here's your host, Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Check out Choice Social; it's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can download it on ChoiceSocial.us. Coming up, we're we'll going to be visiting with Bob Rommel, our state representative. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of a terrific organization. It's the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Hey, congratulations on a fabulous uh, event on Saturday morning. So interesting, so educational, and so alarming in so many ways.
2: Uh, Well, it it hit every one of those uh, points, as as you just mentioned. But we were delighted with the uh, outcome. Uh, Some of your listeners may remember that we did Kids in Country Part 1 back in February. It was a big fundraiser for us. Yeah. And on Saturday morning, we did Kids in Country Part 2, which was not a fundraiser. It was an awareness event. And uh, we held it at the Community Naples Church, uh, downtown Naples. And uh, we also live-streamed it. And we really had uh, – we were successful on both fronts. We had folks live-streaming it, of course, all over Florida. But we had people from Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Idaho. I actually got a call the night before. It's kind of a funny story. I got a call the night before from a school board member in in, uh, Blackfoot, uh, Idaho. Wow. Um, She's been following us for a couple years. She was so excited about the stuff we were doing. And at the end of it, she's experiencing all the problems we're experiencing with our school districts. And at the end of a 30-minute call, uh, I invited her to come to Collier County so we could elect her to our school
1: board. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's exactly what we need. Uh, You know, and you hear things like uh, Alex Newman was one of the speakers. I've never heard him speak before. And I don't even recall even reading his columns. He writes for Epic Times and he has his own website. But my goodness, what an articulate, smart guy. And, uh, yeah, I heard that we have sex education in in our schools. I had no idea. It was alarming, the information that uh, he and... Rebecca Friedrichs uh, shared with us, but it was, you know, it was just a great session. Yeah, uh, all
2: of those, uh, we put all of those uh, uh, videos uh, up on our website a couple days ago, uh, individually. So um, people can go to goflc.com and listen to Alex and Rebecca, as you mentioned, both uh, very informative Dynamite uh, folks who focus on their respective uh, areas. Uh, Rebecca was uh, heavily into the unions and the impact of the unions across the board on multiple issues, and Alex was just uh, so much uh, information about uh, how we got to where we are and what's what's what what's uh, driving uh, the left in terms of our school system. So. Um, they're, they're, again, available on our goflca.com website. As this, uh, we also, the first two uh, uh, two speakers were focused on, quote, the problem. Mm-hmm. And then we had an hour's worth of five different speakers focus on solutions. Uh, our own Erica Donalds was there talking about, um, you know, her big initiative with OptiMed and the Barney School program out of Hillsdale. Uh, we had a lady from Fee. Uh, you've, you, I know you've got a good relationship with Larry Reed and Fee. Um, she talked about uh, unschooling, which is kind of a unique approach to homeschooling. Right. And and we had several others, so it was just really.
1: It was a gr- uh, and, great.
2: And did you enjoy the the the, uh, the mom who? Uh, Talked about the the success you had with the Hope Scholarship and the role we played in getting that
1: absolutely Keith. So, so I want to just want to encourage our listeners to go to goflca.com dot com and uh, just just start with Alex Newman. Watch that it'll be it's mesmerizing. And uh, of course, Roberto Friedrichs. So the others are all great too. But uh, uh, I really encourage you to 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 visit the website and uh, learn a lot. It's it's just really terrific. So, Keith, uh, can you give us a little update on what's happening uh, in legislation? Yeah, there's uh,
2: a lot of uh, good things and some things that are still struggling. Um, Parents' rights bill has passed the the House and is now uh, going to the Senate floor, so that's a good good thing. We've been really strong advocates of that. Um, Scholarship bills, uh, uh, we've talked a little bit about it, uh, and they're both expansive bills, but um, both are moving uh, – House version is actually passed on the floor and been messaged over to the Senate. Uh, the Senate version, uh, bill number 48, uh, is scheduled for, um, uh, hearing, you know, being on the Senate floor, uh, I would expect in the next couple of days. They are different. Uh, we've actually favored the House bill, which is much more expansive. Uh, the House bill would actually open up... Uh, um, uh, I just drew a (laughs) blank. They're opening up um, the whole notion of uh, of uh,
1: choice, full choice
2: choice to over a million students out of our two point eight million students. Uh, The the Senate bill um, is uh, less aggressive; it it really only opens it up to about one hundred fifty thousand. So, we're favoring the House bill. It's already passed and been messaged over. Um, there's a couple of other bills, uh, the uh, safety of religious uh, religion bill, where now, uh, if it gets signed by the governor, the um, churches will be able to protect their, um, you know, their 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 flock, if you will, mm-hmm. by having CCW people carry on uh, during church services, etc. Today, you can't do that. if you have a church school and a church combined so a church does both they cannot um carry during services uh, it's just amazing so ah. that bill is uh, passing um there's a, a union bills called employee organizations it's gone through some iterations it was temporarily postponed yesterday on the on the senate floor but we still have a week and a half um we're very hopeful that that bill it's already passed in the in the, um, House, so we're very hopeful that bill moves. It's, yeah. uh, it puts some serious constraints on unions that are long overdue, in our opinion.
1: That sounds good because what I learned about unions from Rebecca Friedrichs, and she was a former teacher in California, is just absolutely shocking. So, uh, you know what? And here in Collier County, we opened our schools. In fact, in the state of Florida, all brick and mortar schools required to open. On by the end of August uh, last year. And as a consequence, we now have 90% of the kids that are going to brick-and-mortar schools here in Collier County. You take a look at what's happening around the country. Uh, And it it has large part to the influence of the Florida Citizens Alliance. I really want to credit you guys for everything that you've accomplished. You've done a great job.
2: Well, thank you so much. We work really hard. We've got a great team. And uh, we spend 24-7 fighting for our kids and uh, improving our school system. So.
1: Absolutely, I'm going to call you a citizen advocate. You're not a lobbyist. Uh, you don't, That's correct. You don't get paid by anybody to do this, and uh, but you're bra- you're basically standing up for the quality of education in Florida schools, and you've done a great job. And we no longer have Common Core. I, I credit you in large part for that achievement, and now we're seeing a lot of other improvements, including a, an expansion of school choice. So, again, go flca com goflca.com is the website check it out and do watch alex newman to start with it's a it was a great presentation keith always appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us
2: uh, thank you bob have a great
1: weekend you as well thank you all right coming up we're going to visit with bob brommel our state representative that more right here in the bob Harden show on the bob Harden broadcasting network
0: Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network.
1: Golfshire Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett-Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions visit golfshoreplayhouse.org that's golfshoreplayhouse.org we'll see you at the show
0: welcome back to the bob harton show and now here's your host bob harton
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Look forward to his commentary on what's happening here locally. Right now we have with us our state representative, Bob Rommel. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning,
3: Bob, and thanks for having me on.
1: Always a pleasure, Bob. So you're in the middle of a legislative session. I just appreciate getting your comments and thoughts about what's going on.
3: Well, we have about uh, eight more days to bring uh, the plane in on, on time. Uh, normally, you know, budget is a, uh, always a fight because everybody's, you know, fighting for those dollars. And in Florida, we have a balanced budget, so... Uh, But, you know, because of COVID, uh, we were very, very concerned that the economy would have slowed down dramatically, that we would have to actually make cuts. But uh, it turns out that since uh, our good governor, after a few weeks, decided to make sure our our economy was open freely and people can make their own health decision that's best fit them, and our economy is actually doing great right here in Florida.
1: Isn't that the case? It's just really, you know, when you take a look and see what's going on around the country... Uh, Not only with the economy, but with schools, uh, you know, just uh, I have a real sense of gratitude to live in Florida, not only for the beautiful weather, for the wonderful place to live and the great people, but, you know, for our great leadership from uh, Governor DeSantis.
3: Yeah, and our great leader, uh, Governor DeSantis, if you watch any of the national news, they keep trying to destroy him by uh, giving accusations and false accounts. uh, you know, we all know that COVID is here, uh, but we all do know too that 99.5% of all the people think of COVID get better, period. Right. That's just what happens. Yes, unfortunately, some people do die, uh, but 995 get better. And the people that never really get sick, never get infected, just about, uh, are our kids. And our kids are back to school, and those that chose to go to school are thriving. And unfortunately, some parents still, and that's their choice, or choosing to use the virtual school, and unfortunately, those kids are failing at a very high rate.
1: Yeah, it's it's so true. Now, now there's great homeschooling programs, uh, but that said, uh, the kids that are going to school and socializing, they're doing much much better. And uh, again, just so grateful that uh, we have our kids. Uh, uh, that our schools are open, uh, as may, and many of them are not across the country. You can see that, and uh, it's the unions looks, uh, that are having so much influence. For example, in Chicago and other locations where the governor, basically, of uh, California says the schools won't open until next fall. Amazing. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, just imagine if you were a parent and uh, you had a child, whether it was seven years or ten years of age, and the child actually lost two years worth of earnings. I mean learning. Yeah. Where's that child going to be in ten years or 20 years from now? I mean, the, it's so valuable to have those kids involved in person, learning, interacting with their, their teachers and their schoolmates. But to be told, never mind, I'm sure they're terrified because they're told to be home. Um, I, I, I think the harm is yet to come.
1: Yeah, and uh, back to your point on COVID. I mean, uh, the, we start off by having our kids all masked up with uh, goggles and all kinds of things. They, I, I don't know if the mask mandate has uh, been reduced in Collier County. It certainly should be. Uh, more and more evidence is showing that masks aren't doing any good anyhow for anybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> Kids, they need to be free and they need to learn. And uh, part of learning is understanding the subtleties of facial expressions and so forth. So uh, this this. COVID- you know, he,
3: here's a report you don't hear from the CDC being broadcast on uh, you know the major news channels. On March sixth, just a, about a month ago, the CDC put out a report and they gathered all the data of who got COVID, who did not get COVID, and if you wore a mask. Uh, and this was over like, almost a one-year time period, if you wore a mask, you reduce your chance of getting COVID by 0.005%.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know. And uh, not only that, but if you do wear a mask, uh, there are certain hazards un- unintended consequences from that as well, Bob. So, again, just fort- uh, fortunate to have your leadership and leadership of the governor and what's happening right here in the state of Florida. Well,
3: w- we've done a couple other great things here in Florida. Um, you know, we've we've done what's called COVID liability relief to make sure that the bad acting attorneys don't come and sue businesses that are trying to be open uh, because maybe somebody that's in the store or somebody visits you or maybe one of your workers gets COVID. Because in reality, nobody knows how you get a virus, why you get a virus and why some people don't. You, know, you have best practices, you know, you make sure people are washing their hands or if it's an employee and they have a big fever. You make sure that they go home and get tested. Uh, but, you know, we, we wanted to do that because in Florida we have such uh, an amount of lawsuit abuse, uh, pretty much every commercial on TV is some attorney telling you why you're entitled to sue somebody, and we wanted to make sure we cover
1: that. Uh, that's, a, that's a great law. You're right. You can pick it up any anyway, so uh, from any location. So um, anything happening on, educa- on the education front?
3: You know what uh, work you know in Florida we, we believe parental choice, parents choosing what's best for their child, where they want to go to school is a continuing a big uh, thing here in Florida and we are expanding uh, options for parents or for school choice. Uh, having a good education is the best way to have a you know opportunity to improve your life down the road and you know us legislators or even school board members, they don't really know what's best for the child parents do, and we want to continue to push for school choice.
1: That's a great position. So, How is the, uh, how are we moving towards a balanced budget? Does it look like we're going to have to make cuts or are you pretty confident that we're going to? Uh Bob,
3: it's, it, it's amazing. It's amazing because our economy is almost back to where it was pre COVID. And hmm. I don't think we're going to have to make any cuts. And you know, the federal government did help us out with some, uh, you know, dollars to re- relieve everybody because of COVID, and but uh, you know, so we're going to probably get some special, you know, one-time projects done to you know, help protect citizens. Uh, but I think we're going to be fine.
1: That is outstanding, Bob. Uh, and also, the uh, governor signed into uh, law a uh, sales tax uh, bill. Uh, yeah,
3: we, you know, Bob, uh, by law, if you bought anything uh, online, you're required to pay sale. If you live in Florida and you bought something from South Carolina. The law currently says you have to pay sales tax, right? And the majority of the big retailers uh, were not, you know, they were collecting it for him, but some of the smaller ones were not. Uh, so it was it was based on the back of the consumer to call up the Department of Revenue and send it in that sales tax. And I'm I'm sure everybody in Naples followed the law and and did that, but there were some people that don't. And it turns out that it may, it may have been about a billion dollars a year that you know, people weren't uh, doing. So we we mandated now that that tax is collected at the time of purchase. Uh, So it's not a new tax, but it looks like it may be about a billion dollars a year. And what we're able to do is we were able to uh, uh, refill uh, the unemployment coffers that got decimated during COVID because so many folks were out of work. But we're also able to reduce the commercial lease tax by about 65%. And that's a really, really big deal for all of our small businesses.
1: Thanks for your clarification on that, Bob. One other question about the uh, the uh, the problem with the contaminated water up in the Tampa area. Uh, that uh, I haven't heard any news about that. But has that been corrected?
3: Uh, are you talking uh, the one up in Charlotte County there?
1: Yeah, it's it's the uh, one that has the contaminated water, even with, uh, as I recall, a nuclear waste type of thing. Uh, yeah,
3: well, it's not. Nu- it's really not nuclear waste. Uh, the news kind of tries to make something out of it. But no, uh, on, on day one, the governor was down there with his team and Jared Moskowitz. Uh, they've taken over that project and they're cleaning it up. And, uh, there was, I don't want to say zero, you know, chance of harm to the environment or people around it, but it's about as close to zero as you can get. But the, uh. the state has already taken over that project. Uh, you know, it's an old, uh, water retention area from a phosphor mine. And, uh, and, but uh, I would say it's well under control now.
1: All right. Well, thanks for your clarification on that, Bob. And thank you so much for taking time on our show to visit with our listeners. Bob Rommel, again, our state representative, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, Bob. And thank you for what you do for Naples community.
1: Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show, here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting
1: Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006 and I now have full range of motion in both knees and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
0: Bob
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and publisher of uh, Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government.
4: Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and we're hurtling in the wrong direction. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's so what are. But uh, yeah, you wrote a column about cryptocurrency, something for which I have very nil- uh, little knowledge or understanding. Maybe you can tell us about it.
4: Well, you, you don't. To, to understand the story, you don't even really need to understand cryptocurrency. This yeah. is a simple cronyism story. Yeah. Um, Clayton, uh, the man's name was Clayton. He was the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission at the end of the uh, Trump administration, mm-hmm. and he'd been he'd been there basically. I think he Trump inherited him. I think he was uh, Obama's guy. And what basically happened was during his tenure, these cryptocurrencies start popping up. Now there's two financial terms you need to understand one is currency one is security right currency of course is money securities are stocks bonds the things with which you buy you know you use money to buy right. okay well because of course we congress can't get out of its own way to pass anything and address anything uh, when when the need arises there has been no Delineation by the government: it, whether Bitcoin and Ethereum and these other cryptocurrencies were currencies or securities. Well, I would argue they're all currencies, obviously, because you know you're you're using them like money, so they're money. Um, and what had happened during Clayton's tenure and Hinman was his henchman there too, and he was director of finance, I think, was his title, and. During their tenure, they were quite clear when they said the two currencies, Bitcoin and crypto and uh, Ethereum, are currencies, not not securities. Now, this is an important distinction. Mm-hmm. If it's a currency, the, the SEC can't regulate it. Right. It's left alone, and which is, of course, very good for a burgeoning young industry like cryptocurrency. If they call it a security... Well, now you're into stock and bond territory, and then you're heavily regulated by the SEC. Ask anybody, you know, that trades stock or you know any of those guys. So they quite clearly come out and say Bitcoin and Ethereum aren't securities; they're currencies, and therefore the SEC has no authority over them. Well, there was another. There's a company called Ripple that uses XRP as their currency, their cryptocurrency. They were begging for years. Would you please issue a similar definitive statement about XRP the way you did about Bitcoin and Ethereum? And they fussed around and fussed around and never did, never did, never did. Uh, flash forward to 2020, the last year quarter of 2020. Uh, the, the name escapes me, but there's a, there's a firm that, a huge hedge fund or something, And in the last quarter of 2020, they start investing heavily in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, they've been labeled currencies and therefore aren't regulated by the government. Uh, December of 2020, I think the 22nd of December 2020, Clayton's last day in office, he files a lawsuit against as the head of the SEC a lawsuit against XRP and Ripple saying XRP is a security, not a currency. Huh. And then in March of twenty twenty one, he gets a job at the firm that had heavily invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs>
1: Talk about a conflict of interest, Mike. Meanwhile,
4: this guy Hinman left his law firm but never got stopped getting paid by his law firm. Huh. So, and I, I, I just mixed up the facts. Please excuse me. The the firm that hired Clayton started investing in Bitcoin. Uh-huh. The firm that never really got rid of Hinman started investing in Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Both of which, by the way, are Chinese. Have have huge China connections. Uh-huh. Okay, let's throw that in. Let's not forget that. So, Clayton helps... With Bitcoin and gets hired by the firm that just invested in, in Bitcoin, but Hinman somehow gets paid 1.6 million a year by his law firm while working at the SEC. They invest in Ethereum, also a Chinese currency, k- cryptocurrency, and then he goes back to his law firm after he leaves the the SEC. And again, flashback. Remember, during their tenure there. They deemed uh, they, they deemed Bitcoin and Ethereum to be currencies and not regulated by the SEC, mm-hmm. and never clarified XRP. And then on the last day, clarified by filing a lawsuit against them, saying they're they're um, a are, are, are security somehow, even though they're pretty much the exact same thing as Bitcoin and, and, and Ethereum. Yeah, and of course this screws not just XRP, not just Ripple, not just the. Cryptocurrency traders, but there are millions of people, regular retail investors, who have some forward-thinking investment brokers investing in XRP. Right, and now all of a sudden, the the Securities Exchange Commission has filed a lawsuit saying it's ret- everything you've done since the creation of XRP in 2013 is retroactively illegal. Jeez. So it's, it's, it's China helping, it's cronyism, and it's really stupid policy on top of all that. Well,
1: and, and my guess is it's, it's also making creating huge opportunity once this whole thing is settled to buy uh, this XRP inexpensively and uh, get big gains. Well,
4: yeah, but, but the, the question is now, it's virtually worthless.
1: Huh. Huh.
4: So who would want it? Yeah. I mean, with a ruling like this, it, 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 if, if they get ru- if XRP gets ruled as a security rather than a currency, it's pretty much valueless as a cryptocurrency because huh. it's not a currency. Part of part of the attraction, as you know, of cryptocurrencies is you're getting out from under the thumb of government. Yeah. And if it's ruled a security, well, you're un- you're thoroughly under the thumb of the SEC, so it defeats the whole purpose. And I see what you're saying. They think, they think they think they're creating a bargain for themselves. They can pick up XRP on the cheap. They'd have to be betting that their lawsuit is bad and that XRP will win. Well, and then they p- have to time p- it right because you know you know those lawsuits take forever.
1: Well, <laughs> unless they're settled or dropped, and that's that was the point. There. And
4: that would be interesting to see if if the Biden SEC does something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, such an interesting conversation. So my guess is these cryptocurrencies basically they are limited in the amount that. They, in other words, it's not like dollars that the. Uh, uh, they, they can just continue to print dollars. No, cryptocurrencies have a limited dose of There's supply. There's a
4: mining system. I don't know why they chose the term mining, but yeah. they chose the term mining. Yeah. And it's it, they, it, it, it's they electronic mining. It's servers mining Bitcoin. Right. Not, now you've lost me. I don't understand that part. I haven't read about that part.
1: Well, my understanding but, is that it's some sort yeah, of it's, it's, getting other people it, involved.
4: It's not printing money. It's mining a cryptocurrency, and I'm, I haven't looked at that yet. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: Seton, is such an interesting topic, and uh, again, just another blatant example of people who get in positions of power in the United States government and then start using it for their own benefit to protest, to protect their own interests. To make
4: money for themselves and screw everybody else.
1: Exactly. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org, and you can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob, thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs, and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center. Center at 692 9840 or visit the website NADCKids.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, although we have this administration working in the opposite way. Nevertheless, we continue the effort. You can visit the website, thefga.org. Uh, we have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Well, thanks, Bob. My, uh, my pleasure, as always, Um and, and and we'll say we heard it first on the Bob Harden show that yesterday Naples City Council started at 8.30 in the morning and concluded at 10 minutes after 10 last night. Oh, no. 13 hours, <laughs> uh, uh, 13 and a half hours, actually.
1: That's unbelievable. Um,
5: yeah, it, it's, um, it's hard to believe, and we watched, Chris and I watched the vast majority of it from, well, pretty much from from late afternoon all the way up to the end because, you know, they were talking about um, sanctuary cities mm-hmm. um, and making Naples one.
1: Making and, Naples um, a sanctuary city. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, oh,
5: yeah. They, they wanted to be uh, a, um, uh, you know, abortion-free, whatever, and they wanted to discuss it. Um, they had a whole bunch of of um, uh, people there, pro-lifers, I guess um, that were um, giving speeches and why they should do it and whatever. And I will tell you this without without uh, taking an opi- you know, taking any opinion whatsoever about it. Uh-huh. This happened to me many, many years ago when I was running for mayor one time, and um, I was asked to interview, and uh, it was a uh, women's group, and they asked me what was my position on abortion. And I looked at them and I said that's a personal matter I said first of all and second of all that's not what an elected official elected city official is elected to do we that's not in our purview right um we, we represent the the citizens of the city of Naples and um we're you know and I, I just refused to to answer and then that was the last time that ever came up and now all of a sudden so long story short they 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 finally um they did not put it back on the agenda. So <laughs> that was a...
1: Thirteen hours, but the, they didn't settle it, though. They, In other words, it just was delayed or, or it's going to just... Drop. No, they
5: set, they settled it because it was brought up uh, the week before, um, and um, it went down, and then Heitman brought it back up yesterday at the last minute uh, before they ended the meeting. She, she tried to put a last-ditch effort in um, to get it, but... Um, council decided and they said it basically look that's not what you know what we do um and so that's the end of that but but they there was um yeah there was a little bit of an issue with the i don't quite get it but um with the gulf shore playhouse um that they have everything in order but they don't have the parcel yet for the garage so i, I guess it's kind of complex bob but i i've um, I can give you more next week, but yeah. I don't know exactly what it is they were doing. But they were getting around to it. Well, you know, I, and, I served.
1: I served on the board for Gulf Shore Playhouse, and I know that our we have uh, uh, they had three acres, and we decided to uh, donate one acre to right. to uh, Naples, so they could build a garage that would be not for just for the use of Gulf Shore Playhouse, but for the community. Right.
5: Right. So there, there was there was some there was some issue that they they haven't. Um, closed on it or they don't have the parcel of land yet they i mean it's not that they're not going to do it i mean it's yeah. coming but they just are going around about way i guess yeah and then the rest of the time yesterday was spent on 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 the beach club and uh huh. whether the people that appealed they they appealed a design review um uh Item that had happened a a month or two ago, and there's some residents that appealed it They didn't like the decision and so the big thing yesterday was did the people did the appellants have have Standing and they couldn't make up their mind on that and the new attorney had taken over um, She didn't know because she's supposed to be working with Jim Fox and Retzel and she said well It's kind of been slow. I mean we've you know, it's it's a transition and so the whole thing got pushed off. Uh, they're going to condense these meetings, and now it's going to be on, on May 19th. And they they set up a special meeting just for that. Huh. Uh, it's very convoluted, Bob, I can tell you that.
1: So uh, it concerns me because now they've decided to build a Four Seasons. That automatically is a stamp of quality because Four Seasons it's not going to allow its brand to be tainted by something that's uh, substandard. So that's just For all, sure. all very exciting to me. But you know, can can all this lead to perhaps souring the interest of the uh, developer and saying, you know, what maybe we should just move on?
5: Well, that's the thought out there. But I think they're going to grind through it um, as much as they can possibly take. You know, if there is a if there is a straw that broke the camel's back, um, it hasn't appeared yet. But they're going to, you know, it's just. Um, it's just a it's just a, a matter of getting through these these things and they're so um they they are almost divisive um yeah. uh on on counsel mm-hmm. and um you know with a new attorney in there and, and and uh um it's just it's it's very very difficult and um there were some harsh words uh spoken yesterday huh. you know last night at the meeting and you can't go Thirteen plus hours with no dinner break. (laughs) Okay, Bob. It just it doesn't work. Um, Thirty minutes for lunch or whatever, and then you go from one o'clock in the afternoon till um, ten o'clock at night with an occasional break, but no food. I mean, when when I you know I don't want to talk about me, but when I was doing that, if we had a long meeting that was going to go till eight or you know eight thirty or something, it was really necessary. We would, I would, we'd order pizzas in, you know, and take 30 minutes, 35 minutes and have pizzas in the back. Just something to put in your, in your stomach. You know what I mean? Right,
1: absolutely. So, uh, you know, Mr. Mayor, uh, I I do want to acknowledge you because I think uh, you made a comment about uh, not wanting to make a, uh, not to... uh, Comment on abortion because it's not really in the purview of uh, the mayor or what's happening with the city council. I just want to acknowledge that we got so many politicians right now, so many elected officials that are—they're not in their lane. they 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 start making comments and judgments about things for which they have no—they should have no uh, jurisdiction whatsoever. And uh, you're seeing it now with professional athletes and now woke corporations. wait on right. that stuff it's right. just it's just really infuriating
5: well it is and you wonder well where are we going where are we going with this i'm very very pleased that the majority of council um, a slim majority nonetheless the majority of council said no they're not putting it on an agenda for a discussion you know there was some interest in you know hearing people speak that's fine but um uh, that, so for now that's done, but the, as I say, the big thing was the, was the beach club and, um, uh, it, it just, you know, if you, if you, if you're sitting around, um, recovering, you know what you are and hopefully you're doing really well. Um, you go to naplesgov.com and you can replay part of yesterday's meeting or all of it for that matter, but go toward the end and, and listen and watch, uh, it, it's a show I missed all my favorite TV shows last night because of that.
1: Well, hey, Bill, we need, we want you back. You got to run for mayor again. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Bob, it's it, it's very very difficult watching what uh, what Mayor Heitman does or doesn't do, I should say, because yeah. you really can't run a meeting.
1: Yeah, no question about that. Well. You have an agenda, you have some decisions to make, and, uh, you know, if you're doing your – I always thought when I'm running a meeting, I want to do it in less than an hour. Sometimes you can't right. accomplish that and because of the discussions required is more extensive and so forth. But, you know, managing time is so important in those events. So have, yeah. have some discuss- – Yeah, and you
5: also, Bob, and you also always would do your homework – before you would start that meeting or run that meeting and that's something that's sadly lacking. Absolutely. Well, on her part, I'm not saying the rest of council, I'm I'm simply saying on her part it is so obvious. Yeah.
1: We that, need you back though. Yeah we, yeah, we need you back.
5: Anyway, so um restaurants are still busy and uh uh, traffic seems to be a little lighter, but I'll tell you, I think a lot of people are staying, Bob.
1: Yeah, That's exactly what I think as well. Why would you go someplace where you're going to have to mask up and get locked down and so forth? A lot of people, right. you know, we are very fortunate here in Florida having the governor that we have and the freedoms that we have. We now can decide when we want to wear a mask or not. Some people wear them. Some people aren't, you know, and, uh, right. you can social distance. It's all good, Bill
5: and and before we go Bob, I just want to tell you that we we they made an announcement last night that um that uh the city has because tomorrow Friday we give our shots we have extra vaccines for anybody that wants to uh that wants a shot uh city has them we had about I think they said 400 extra doses for wow. for tomorrow and uh you know uh it's it's uh that's something you haven't heard before. So yeah. what's going to happen is we're our site will probably be shut down in the next week or two, and you just go to Walgreens or, or CVS or whatever because there's so much availability. Yeah. But what a great opportunity for somebody that's been waiting.
1: Yeah. Now, that's so interesting. So I guess you just go to the city uh, website to sign up? Well, or- you
5: could go to the I'm, – I'm sure it will be on the website, but it's at the Naples Fire – it's at our fire station number one. Ah, um, and there there is a number. Yes, yeah. so I think if you go on the website or they just call the city of Naples, somebody will tell them the number and they can make an appointment. All right, Bill
1: Barnett, again former mayor of Naples. I genuinely appreciate your update here. Thank you so much for joining
5: us. Bob, you take care and have a good one. Thank bye-bye.
1: you. Bye bye. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I do want to remind you that the tsunami Tunami excuse me, tsunami fund uh, USA is a terrific organization. In fact, Dr. Susan Wilson, who runs this organization. What they do is they take care of kids in Africa who have been uh, orphaned because their mothers died of AIDS, and it's because they were raped when uh, people from another country came over. So the, the point being is this. Uh, she is doing a wonderful job. She is a saint. Well, they're doing a, a virtual fundraiser, and I encourage you to visit usa.org So it's T-U-M-A-I-N-I. FundUSA.org. I'm hoping that Dr. Susan Wilson will be joining us tomorrow on the show. That's a wrap for today's show. Again, uh, tomorrow we'll visit with William Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, Michael Cannon, who is a uh, director of health studies at the Cato Institute, Lori Reese, who is a, a, a research fellow at, at the Heritage Foundation. We're going to be talking about immigration. And Dr. Susan Wilson, again, the head of E Fund, will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.